0: You're listening to Gospel Garage, sharing the good news of the gospel through the teachings of Jesus Christ, our Savior. Hi, guys, welcome to the last Saturday of August 2022. So that's pretty amazing, it's the 27th, and we're very grateful again because as much turmoil as might be dumping itself on us throughout the week. We're so, so grateful for so, so many things. Yes, God, as we enter into your presence and come before you with open hearts, we thank you. We thank you for these moments together. We thank you for every moment this past week where you sat right there with us, where you sat right there beside our friends. Yes, Lord, thank you, Holy Spirit, that we, we can find your empowering strength for every circumstance for every relationship, for every decision, for every situation, Lord. Thank you. You never leave us to figure it out on our own. When we surrender to you, you provide a way through it. We trust you, Lord. You are wisdom. You are teacher. You are guide. Oh, Lord, you are the source of life. Thank you, Jesus. Nothing else, nothing else compares to the beauty of communion with you. Oh Yes, Jesus. There's such abundance of life, such abundance of life with you, God. We come alive in this holy, holy, holy exchange. Lord, you take our weariness and you lift the burdens and we give you all the praise, all the glory, Lord, all praise and honor to you, King of Kings. Yes, Lord, we give you our attention throughout the week ahead. We give you our attention, mold our hearts into your likeness. It is in you that we find every fulfillment. Thank you, God. Only you. We will not hold ourselves back from you, God. We will not hide behind darkness and not face you, Lord. We come before you with our truth, our questions, our anger, our sin, our dismay, our joy, our celebrations, each and every aspect and angle of our lives is yours. We will not hold back anything from you, God. It is in the light of your face, Jesus. It is in the light of your face, Jesus, that shines down through the darkness. How we love you. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Acts 2, verse 42, 2, verse 42. They were continually devoting themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship to the breaking of bread and to prayer. To the breaking of bread and to prayer. This God is thinking a lot this week. There's a lot of changes to navigate and some of them are just simple logistics. Like it's summertime, it's the end of August, end of summer vacation and a lot of people are away on holidays. A lot of people that you know are going away on holidays and so there hasn't been as much time in these last few weeks of summer to really hang out with people for many, many reasons, obviously. And then at the same time, the moments that we've been able to carve out and intentionally carve out to spend with God, with our friends, singing praise, having a coffee or a juice in the backyard, supper with our parent, in all of those moments, God is ever present. And so we're so, so grateful, grateful for those moments to sit. And like, this got me thinking too, because I was talking to friends this week at the gym who two different households are off to weddings, for example, and another one is off to celebrate a 50th wedding anniversary. And so I was imagining and imagine with me for a second that you, we have been invited to share in someone's special occasion, like a wedding reception or an anniversary party. And there's this long, long, beautifully prepared table where everyone has a seat and you find your name card And you sit between two people, maybe who you've never met before, because sometimes people organizing weddings like to shake up the tables. So maybe you're sitting between two people you've never met before. And everything is kind of a glow in the light of the candles, if it's an evening celebration. And there's slow murmurs of conversation that are kind of just sort of circulating around you. And after awkward instructions, because you've never met these people, they've never met you, bread is literally broken and passed around in the bread basket and soon there's like this laughter or easy conversation that begins to flow, especially when you prayerfully, before taking your seat, invite Holy Spirit to join you at that table. But as that laughter and conversation begins to flow, we are reminded that our tables will become His churches. We have a piece of art in our house beside, uh, just where the kitchen leads into the dining room. and. It's a large piece of art that we had printed out a few years ago, and our tables will become our churches. And that was reminding me so powerfully of Book of Acts, and that's hung on the wall for several years in the house. And God's church is wherever God declares it. So God's church is in a building where congregations meet and reverends and priests and pastors speak to the congregation. And God's church is at the Kitchen Island with four people having a bowl of ice cream, talking about Jesus. So God's church is each and every place. We can be God's church. We physically are the body of Christ. But in this moment and in this message that I was working on this week, our tables will become His churches. It doesn't mean necessarily that's the only way, because I believe in the moment, and I'm asking for Holy Spirit for discernment and direction in this, that God's church is a few billion people on the planet, no matter where we gather, because we are all connected by the blood of the lamb. And so whether you meet with friends in a home group, in a home church on Sunday morning, or whether you meet at an actual church, designated church building on a Sunday morning, we are all one under Christ. And so our tables becoming our churches is just another part of God's magnificent plan to have people walk the road to salvation. And as you eat at this beautiful table that's been set out for you with these strangers, maybe the lady beside you, she's going to tell you a story about remembering her daughter's first day of university and saying goodbye to her. And that's a moment that you're sharing, right? And then a little while later, maybe the guy next to you on the other side, he's talking about growing up in Alberta in some rural community in the prairies. And he remembers the smell of home and uh, bonfires and hot chocolate like these things that stick out to us and that people share in the moment of their vulnerability right and tells you how much he misses that place and then you begin to share your story and that's powerful guys when we share our story and we find it way easier than anticipated to tell strangers our thoughts and our hopes and our ideas on things and subjects and even though you have just met the guy on the left and the girl on the right No one feels like a stranger in that moment. That is the kingdom of God at work. That's what I mean about our tables being our churches, because we are the body of Christ. We are his people, his creation, his children. The kingdom of God is at work at that table, wherever it is. Scripture is God's beautiful invitation to all of humanity to come to his table. That is a revelation to me. Through Jesus Christ, we have this seat at the table and not because we've earned it but because he invites us. Matthew 26 verse 26 through 29. While they were eating Jesus took some bread and after a blessing he broke it and gave it to the disciples and said take eat this is my body and when he had taken up a cup and given thanks he gave it to them saying drink from it all of you. For this is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out, poured out for many for forgiveness of sins. But I say to you, I will not drink of this fruit of the vine from now on until the day when I drink it new with you in my father's kingdom. That is Jesus speaking to his disciples. But I say to you, I will not drink of this fruit of the vine from now until that day when I drink it new with you in my father's kingdom. Amen, longing for that day. Even though God sends the invitation out to each and every one of us, to each and every person he has ever created, is walking right now or will ever create, there are people who don't know they've even been invited to his table. And maybe that's you. Maybe you don't know that Jesus is right there asking you to sit at the table beside him. Jesus is right there with Holy Spirit asking you to invite him to your table. And my friends, that is where we sit, with Jesus Christ at the head of the table, Jesus Christ beside you, again, at the kitchen island, Jesus Christ sitting beside you at the bar lounge, at a restaurant, at a pub. Jesus Christ at the table, pouring over each and every one of us. It's where Holy Spirit sits among us, teaching us, encouraging us, correcting us. God demonstrates his grace, guys, to God demonstrates his grace in so many ways and he reminds us that at the table there is no seat that is better than any other. I think that's why that um, moment that we can see Jesus at the head of the table, we can see Jesus beside us at the table, no seat is better than any other. Although he is most holy, holy, holy and magnificent. There is no hierarchy in the kingdom of God. Jesus teaches us that throughout the Bible, throughout his experiences with the disciples, throughout his moments here on earth that are shared and taught in the Bible. We are all equal, God's created. And our accomplishments, our accolades, our education, our status, all of it, it fades when we are face to face with Jesus Christ, the only perfect, the only, only, only. And those who belong to the kingdom of God, because of that understanding of who Jesus is, we get to exhibit humility. And it's a true humility. It's not a false humility where you say, oh, I'm not worthy, and you put yourself down. Your God-given gifts you put down. Absolutely not. It's a true humility that is sort of um, self-sacrificial. Like you're strong enough in your presence, of God, in your authority given by God, in your identity that Jesus gives us, that you can you know, move yourself out of the way and put another person first. Put another person first. It's kind of like being a ghostwriter behind the scenes. It doesn't matter if another person's business flourishes because of the articles you've written for them. You're there to help that business build up. It's beautiful. It's a moment of um, either struggling to obtain our will and our way or letting it go, setting aside that need for achievement and accolades. And honestly, we all love it. We love to have anybody, a friend, a loved one, a peer, a boss, tell us that we've done a good job. I understand that. I certainly understand that. It's really hard when someone um, doesn't acknowledge what you've accomplished or what you've done that has been beneficial to the situation. But when we can move away from ourself, know that God is the one that we are glorifying. Know that God is the one that hears our worship songs. Know that God is the one that sees the work done for his children on earth. Like do not store up the treasures on earth. For there is such treasure in heaven. And I know I'm paraphrasing that one, but isn't that the truth? This whole thing that I was making notes about, that God sees the true you. He sees the deeds that you do unnoticed, that don't get the accolades here on earth. But he he knows what you do for his kingdom and his people. Thank you, Lord. And so while we're going through all those things that only God knows the truth of, he's allowing these circumstances or people or both circumstance and people to humble us, really. Like think about the ways that you've seen him do that in your own life and what he's taught you about his character and his kingdom. I see that reflected in our life where we've been humbled, rightly or wrongly, right? In our flesh we're hurt, but we're humbled. But he's allowing us to experience those circumstances so that we do not rely on our own strength our own talent that we rely on him that we're humble enough to understand we cannot take a step forward without god directing those steps like set a time this week that works for you set aside a time of day every single day Some people like the structure of setting aside a certain time of day and it will be that time of day every day for a month. Some people just need to know that they set aside a certain time of day within that day, but set it aside to prayerfully, prayerfully read your Bible and then explore what it means to be part of the kingdom of God and focus on the parts of the table set for this very special gathering. Each piece of the table, it symbolizes the way God sees us participating in his kingdom here on earth. If you even go to your Concordian concordance, it's this big, massive book. I used to pack around when I was first saved. Now I still have it and I treasure it and I love it. And I refer to it in my studies, but I, I admit, I also look up different definitions on my phone or in the back of my Bible. But if you could sort of search the word or the words, the table, It's pretty simple in your Bible app to go table, search, and then click on the one where it's referenced within the Bible. There are literally over a hundred, over a hundred, well over a hundred, Old Testament, New Testament Bible verses that refer to the table. The table being built, how the table is to look, the table and the altar, reclining at the table. Um, There's parts about the table that are disgusting, like the vomit on the table, Throughout the Bible, Old Testament through New Testament, the table, it's an endless reference point that God uses. And reclining at the table, just as much. So I really encourage you this week to, um, when you're prayerfully reading your Bible, to do some research on the table and the impact that it has on God's kingdom. From gathering, from moments in the temple, It's, it's really beautiful. I'm going to continue on with that this week, actually, because I found a few things when I was working on this sermon this week that the Holy Spirit really was like, yeah, that's it, the table. And that was that whole point of our tables will become his churches. Back to that gathering together. in whatever form that means for you specifically, because we can't tell you to attend a church and we can't tell you not to attend a church. God is to direct our steps and that's so important. And each of us are invited to God's table and you can literally come to the table, come find a seat at God's table. A few years ago, before the past two years of um, global changes, Mike and I had really thought a lot about a type of business plan, a type of business idea of something like called the table or the road in the table or something along those lines. Anyways, a place to gather with one large table, like a large table that fits like 30 people at a time and a whole different way of doing the meal and in in sort of incorporating it with the business plan. Anyways, it still sticks in my head. It's just a beautiful way of thinking of gathering, isn't it? You, you find so much comfort and relaxation around the supper table. And that is biblical because that, my friends is so so book of Acts and so so many other books throughout the Bible to read. That's why I like you guys to do your own research. As I do my research during the week and Holy Spirit speaks a word to study, to reflect on. It's amazing because even though while I was looking up the table, those two words, or reclining at the table, then it opened up a whole other door to the understanding of who Jesus was, the understanding Holy Spirit wants to impart into us about the walk of Jesus while he was here among us. Revelation 7, verse 9 through 10. After these things I looked, and behold, a great multitude, a great multitude which no one could count from every nation and all tribes and peoples and tongues, standing before the throne of the Lamb, clothed in white robes and palm branches were in their hands, and they cry out with a loud voice, saying, Salvation to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. Wow. Revelation 7, 9 through 10. Behold a great multitude, which no one can count from every nation, every nation and all tribes and all peoples and all tongues. That teaches right there in that moment that God values each and every one of the approximately seven plus billion people who are here right now. And honestly, the more than 7,000 languages that are throughout the world. Like scripture right there in that book of Revelation is teaching us that someday the King of Heaven will be filled with people from every, every spoken language, every signed language on earth. All praising God. All praising God. Hallelujah. What an amazing, awe-inspiring picture that is. The kingdom of heaven is vast and diverse. And our call as followers of Christ on earth is to be reflections of that very kingdom of God. And our daily lives lived out at work, in the family, at school, those are reflections of Him. And they are meant to be reflections of Him. They're to be a testimony to God's goodness and faithfulness, a testimony to the stranger that we sit with at the coffee shop for an hour or in the lineup at the rock concert. God's goodness and faithfulness, a testimony to our neighbors, our friends, those who know us and know what we've gone through and yet see the light of Jesus come through us. Really, anybody that God puts in front of us on our path. And that's the beauty of sharing your table. The beauty of sharing your table. I know it's sometimes in our nature, we go through this sometimes, we're so busy and overwhelmed with to-do lists, even if it's for the kingdom's tasks, we think. Sometimes we get so busy that we are really actually just really exhausted. You know, you guys are at work, you're working late, you have kids to pick up, you have a parent to care for, you have more than one job to make ends meet. There are all these things that tire us. And then we just get home and we flake on the couch because we are pooped out. And yes, maybe we can pray and we talk to God, but then that's kind of the end of it until maybe on the weekend we can carve out some time to hang out together like on Saturday night with you guys. But that's the beauty of sharing your table of making those outward efforts which become effortless to go hang out with somebody it doesn't have to be a huge roast beef dinner either does it it could literally be a cup of tea at the table it could be some donuts that you pick up at the donut shop we have some dear friends that bring us bannock bread every so often and that's super cool or we have another dear friend who brings hot sauce that she makes and it's like powerful and amazing it's the gift of sharing time. It's the gift of sharing a gift of sustenance. And it's a moment of sitting together and sharing God. And so that is the very, very essence of who we want to be. If God's asking that of us. That's the beauty of sharing the table. It's our nature to want to share stories with people, right? To share memories with those that we hang out with or those we encounter. You see someone else with a really cool motorcycle, you're gonna share a story about their bike or vice versa. And doing this helps us see how far we've come down the road. And then we take communion together and we share what God has done and what God has corrected and what God has provided. We literally sit with him. We get this opportunity to rejoice in the life we have through Jesus. And then when we celebrate Jesus together, even by sharing his majesty with another person, we're so connected so deeply to him and then connected to the body of believers. There's, there's power against the enemy in that. And communion with God. Taking the cup, taking the bread from his loving hands, and celebrating him and celebrating that you've given your life to Jesus and that you trust him in all things. That's as much a celebration as it is a solemn, solemn act of remembrance of who he was and what he did on the cross for each and every one of us. 1 Corinthians 10, verse 16 through 17. Is not the cup of blessing which we bless a sharing in the blood of Christ? Is not the bread which we break, a sharing in the body of Christ. Since there is one bread, we who are many are one body, for we all partake of the one bread. Communion with Jesus, a shared meal with friends, allowing and inviting Jesus to take a seat at the table with you. It helps us recognize that we're bonded together through Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is the reason that we all have a place in the kingdom. Jesus Christ is the reason that we can pray and talk to God. Jesus Christ is the reason that Holy Spirit came down and sits with you going through each and every struggle that you're going through. Holy Spirit sits there and cheers you on as you're attempting something bravely. Holy Spirit sits there and celebrates with you when you've accomplished what God has asked you to accomplish. He is why we have a seat at the table. That is such a a strong reminder for me. Luke 13, verse 29 through 30. And they will come from east and west and from north and south and will recline at the table in the kingdom of God. And behold, some are last who will be first and some are first who will be last. When we participate in a meal, in a moment, in a prayer, in a worship, as a community, we're able to reflect on all that God has brought us through while also pointing the other person to their eternal freedom, to the path to take to Jesus, the hope, the joy that Jesus Christ brings. To sit down at the table of his kingdom, guys, is to rub elbows with someone from a completely different upbringing, maybe, who didn't grow up ever going to church. That's me. And never knowing Jesus Christ, didn't even know who or what or anything about him. Or maybe it's a friend who has never set foot inside God's church yet, you know. Or maybe it's sitting with a group of people who love God, love Jesus, don't fully understand Holy Spirit. Or maybe it's sitting with people who walk with Jesus in their personal walk, but think that doing it alone is the answer. It is is all all moments and all types of people that sit at the kingdom's table. Again, that's why that verse was so powerful. The multitudes. And our call as followers of Christ is to share the gospel with others. And that to me, in my understanding, as I'm young in my understanding of God and young in my understanding of walking with Jesus, I get a sense strongly from Holy Spirit that our purpose is to share the gospel right and that looks like meeting people where they are at and introducing them to god who speaks all languages god who understands each worry who receives our repentance with grace and our forgiveness not with accusations and condemnation but with love and a hope a hope and that's the table that i want to sit at and i know it's not easy to hang out with people that you don't know that you don't understand Then there's a whole other level of people that are so angry at God that you're not sure how to relate to that situation. Again, that's why it's prayerfully read your Bible and prayerfully invite Holy Spirit to join you at each and every table that you sit at. And the kingdom of God isn't just for those people who are saved and ready and as a matter of fact i don't really think it is i think that the kingdom of god is for each and every person that god has ever created that god has ever poured blood into that has ever taken a breath for the past thousands of years to this era today and for the thousands of years or days to come as god sees it it is all communities it is all neighborhoods it's right here on our own little street there's like 10 houses on our block what is there, 10 houses on your block? Maybe you're in an apartment building and there's like 15 other apartments. Right then and there, that's our mission field. The workplace is our mission field. The gospel is for each and every one of us and each and every one of them. It's for people from broken homes and those who are grieving and those who've been rejected, those who've been rejected by their family for their choices, those who've been rejected by the church for all kinds of different legalistic reasons. As followers of Christ, we have the privilege of walking with him and reminding ourselves and our loved ones and people that we have all been created in the image of God and his greatest offering. Besides the gift of choice is salvation and eternity. Think ahead to a moment that's coming up maybe, or the last time, because you're gonna meet new people is what I mean, or the last time that you gathered around that table and shared a meal with people. You know, like again, sometimes for some reason, I guess maybe we've been with a lot of people this summer at different gatherings, some joyful and some filled with sadness and joy. And so when you think about a feast that you've been at recently or a dinner that you've been at recently, and it was easy to talk to people that you kind of knew, or you knew someone who knew that person. Or maybe you've been at a fast food restaurant, you know when the tables were so packed close together that you might as well be sitting at the table with the person, but they're literally at the next table and you started a conversation or they were sitting alone having a coffee and they started the conversation. Remember those moments because the table, the table is a reflection of God's kingdom. It can be a reflection of God's kingdom. It is a piece of God's kingdom. And it reminds us that we each have a place at his table and God's design for us is to sit together and to share meals and to pray and worship him together and I don't mean to tire yourselves out and be so overrun with to-do lists and being together that you're missing out on the quiet time with God and the other times he calls us but the beauty of fellowship and friendship with Christians and the beauty of creating friendships with those who are just learning to walk with Jesus and the beauty of friendships of watching a friend who basically as an atheist and never want to meet God, who then comes into your life and you spend honest God time with them. You don't avoid the people, but you do not hide God from them. You spend the honest God time with them and there's prayer and there's meals, and then all of a sudden there's prayer requests coming from them and then there's a walk and then there's music and there's worship and it just goes from there. Come to the table. It's, it's... (laughs) There's something more I need to research about the table, I think. Luke twenty two, verse twenty eight through twenty two, and Jesus spoke. You are those who have stood by me in my trials, and just as my father has granted me a kingdom, I grant you that you may eat and drink at my table, in my kingdom, and you will sit on thrones judging the twelve tribes of Israel. Simon, Simon, behold, Satan has demanded permission to sift you like wheat, but I, Jesus, have prayed for you, that your faith may not fail, and you when once you have turned again will strengthen your brothers thank you god for the scriptures the scriptures that contain god's invitation for us to join the table his plan for salvation his love his truth it literally spills over every page of the bible in the bible it is deep and confusing and maybe you think it's long read it anyways it's beyond worth it it is beyond worth it it's the living raw word of god It helps us learn the bigger picture. It helps us be reminded what we might already know that we've all been invited to participate in a story that is so much bigger than ourselves. And God's prepared this beautiful feast and Jesus Christ is seated at the table inviting all to dine with him and those who've been given the word of God and received it are called to be Jesus ambassadors to deliver the invitations to others. It's like a big party happening, isn't it? It really is. It's somber and serious and holy, holy, holy. And it's celebratory and it's clanging cymbals and resounding gongs. And it's weeping and laughing. It's all the things. We get to invite people to his table, guys. We get to sit at his table invited. Thank you, Lord, the grandest dinner party in history. That is the Lord's amazing grace. We are forgiven, we are redeemed and we're commissioned and we're invited. The kingdom of heaven is for everybody, everybody who calls upon the Lord. When you call in the name of the Lord, Lord Jesus, Lord Jesus, I trust you. Lord Jesus, I believe in you. Lord Jesus, you are the risen savior. Come be my personal savior. Teach me how to walk with others so that they will know you as their savior as well. We are all invited when we discover the life we get to have in Jesus, nothing changes it. I never looked back. I really didn't. I pray that for each and every one of us who knows Jesus, that we don't let go of his hand. And I pray for each and every one of us who've not yet met Jesus, that you just turn bravely, bravely to him, because he's right there in the horizon, yet at your side. His love and forgiveness and his acceptance, he injects himself into our lives when he's invited. He's right there. And he knows all things, and yet he waits for the invitation to come in. And when our hearts begin to burn for him as we spend time with him at his table, and when we believe that Jesus, being God, gave us life, and that yes, he was crucified, and yes, he rose again and died for his people, you won't be able to keep it to yourself because you'll just want to share and share and share, and then you'll want other people to be there with you. You don't want people you love to be lost forever. Remember too, we don't want our enemies to be lost forever. Every person has a seat at the table. It's a reminder to me because I can be in the flesh where I'm like maybe annoyed with someone who I don't really want to be friends with and yet I have to see them daily because of a situation at work or somewhere or anything that we're sort of struggling through to not be a grumpy person and to be a wide open, hard on the table open to being hurt again in person, which is, I think, probably a Jesus way of being. And so when we realize that we cannot keep Jesus to ourselves, and we should not, must not, will not keep Jesus to ourselves, when we know that the person who's struggling and they're rude and obnoxious... And they're hurting people's feelings or far, far worse than that. And they're caught up in a sin that they just can't get out of. When we sincerely pray for them and when we sincerely invite them to the foot of the cross and when we sincerely invite them to church or to join in in a Bible study or when we sincerely sit with them at a table and have a coffee, something interesting is going to happen. You'll be changed because Holy Spirit will hang out with you because you're doing kingdom work. And Jesus himself makes himself present right there in the moment. And when we need the courage to do so, just ask him. Just ask Holy Spirit. He'll be right there giving you the courage, the discernment, the wisdom. I'm not talking about going into something dangerous. You absolutely have to ask Jesus for his discernment. But that's your story and that's the testimony we get to share. Choose to walk day by day, following and joining with Jesus. Decide to spend time with him at the table, guys. (laughs) It's powerful. Luke 24, verse 32 through 36. They said to one another, Were not our hearts burning within us while he was speaking to us on the road, while he was explaining the scriptures to us? And they got up that very hour and returned to Jerusalem and found gathered together the eleven and those who were with them, saying, The Lord has really risen and has appeared to Simon. And they began to relate their experiences on the road and how he, Jesus, was recognized by them in the breaking of bread. And while they were telling these things, he himself stood in their midst and said to them, Peace be with you. So in that gathering, in that gathering, they joined with him. God, thank you for not giving up on us, but for finding us on the road and going through our best and worst days by your side. At your table, we find our place, our strength and hope. We pray for wisdom to seek you, the discernment to hear your voice above the clamor and the courage to share your gospel every single day, every moment that you present us. Thank you for never, never filling the table too full so that there's not room. Thank you for always leaving a seat open for each and every person to come to the table, your vast table of the multitudes that glorify your kingdom, that sit with you, sing with you, cry with you, pray with you. Oh, Lord, forgive us for the distractions. Forgive us for not seeing what you've laid right before us. Forgive us for closing our doors instead of opening them. Lord, forgive the people of the church for making anything about rules and politics. Forgive us all for not keeping you, God, at the very center of all things. Forgive us, Jesus, for losing sight of the fact that you are all that is, all that was, and all that will be. Thank you, God. We pray revival. We pray hope and healing. In the name of Jesus, we pray deliverance over the captives. And in the name of Jesus, we pray salvation over those who are wandering. And in the name of Jesus, we pray for the doors to be opened to your people. In the name of Jesus, we pray for protection as we step forth and the bravery to step forth for your kingdom. In the name of Jesus, we pray for all things to be done in your name and for your glory. We thank you for the opportunities and we thank you for the doors you have closed on us. (laughs) Oh, Lord, we fumble around. We do not want to grieve Holy Spirit. We honor you and we trust you. You've been listening to Gospel Garage. To ensure you never miss an episode, please subscribe to the show in your favorite podcast player or visit us at gospelgarage.ca forward slash podcast.